Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Junkyard Dogcast. I'm your host, Jordan Hill. Got Kip Adams with me this week as we kick off week number two for Georgia football and Georgia spring practice. Kip, uh, how's this Tuesday treating you as uh, us uh, over here in Athens? We're getting ready to go watch a little more practice this afternoon. I know. I can't believe it. What is going on over there where you get to watch, uh, what is this, uh, Viewing period number two, you get to watch uh, 10 minutes of uh, stretching and maybe a drill or two. That's that's we, crazy. We didn't get yoga. I was kind of disappointed in day one. You know, I got a, I wrote, you know, 3000 words off that yoga. We got to watch at the Peach Bowl. Yeah, you got to save that for the postseason when it starts to get serious right now. Right now is where, you, you know, you start to get these false flags left and right. You know, the, you start thinking you can see the starters when really he's going in reverse order. This is where he get, throws you to curveballs. But, uh, hey, I mean, I, I think uh, it's great. This is, uh, you know, every little thing matters. We we pick everything apart. That's what we do here. And, yeah, it, it's it's uh, it's ramping up. I mean, we want to see what this team looks like, what this team's all about. And, we're, you know, we're starting to learn some things. Here's some, you know, some early impressions on newcomers, uh, guys that we expect to make a big jump in years two and three. And, who these leaders are in this team. So I, I think, you know, that that that's it. There's nothing else happening in the world. Definitely no uh, surprises in spring training for, for baseball or any other sports having, you know, uh, important postseason games. This is all about spring football, and I'm here for it. No doubt about it. Well, let's jump right into it. We're going to kind of take this episode to talk about what we've seen to this point, and uh, we'll hopefully have another podcast later this week, especially after we get another viewing period. We're recording this little afternoon on Tuesday. We'll have a viewing period this afternoon to get to watch a little bit more. Um, but I want to start by just kind of rolling through. You know, a big part of that very first practice was getting a chance. You know, we, we went on Thursday, so that was Georgia's second practice. Got to watch about 15 minutes. And to me, the biggest thing was trying to find those younger guys, you know, uh, for those listening uh, a little bit later this afternoon, I'll have a story where you can look at all the jersey numbers of these newcomers. But just seeing those guys out there, uh, it was uh, pretty interesting. I wrote this in our observation story after the viewing period. We walked out there and there was almost a fight, which um, as people pointed out on the board, that's nothing, out, you know, that's nothing crazy. You know, you talk about these guys being competitive. Even Todd Hartley was out there yelling competitive juices. You know, he was watching them. But uh, it was uh, Pierce Sperlin and uh, 
it was uh, Gabriel Harris were kind of going at it. They'd been working through a drill where uh, the tight ends were holding on to the football and the outside linebackers trying to rip it out of their uh, paws. And uh, I'm not sure what was said or, or what instigated that, but that, I mean, we were like, right, right, had just walked on the practice field. And I was like, okay, I mean, these guys are going. Um, you know, watched him. I watched Gabriel Harris a little bit. Watched Samuel and Bimba. I was over watching the outside linebackers and uh, their position coach, Shadera Uzo Daribe. I was really getting after them. You know, this was their second practice. And you think about what a whirlwind, you know, for these true freshmen going through this for the first time. And uh, Shadera was getting after them, saying, I think the, I think he said, uh, uh, them IMG boys are tired watching them coming through drills. So, you know, I, I can't imagine, you know, they've got. 18 early enrollees, 17 are going. Josh Miller is the only player that is not. He had shoulder surgery before he got to Georgia, so he's out for the spring. But these 18 guys who have never been through this before, I mean, you're getting thrown into the fire, and you got to see a little bit of that. And, uh, you know, I'm sure a lot of those guys were probably catching their wind a little bit, especially those first couple days. And uh, I'd have to imagine these coaches' voices are a little bit hoarse uh, just from all the yelling, trying to get the message across, especially to the to the newcomers, those younger guys on the roster. Yeah, I mean they're 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 drinking from the water hose right now, and I'm sure they're wishing they actually were drinking from a water hose because uh, this is this is where you start to uh, you know push these guys and to, to see how they react. Uh, you know the early practice, especially those ones before you know, you get in pads, you, 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 you want to push it a little bit, you know, definitely make sure the conditioning uh, ramps up. And then you, you have a lot of guys that are still shaking off some rust. And some of these guys might be coming off injuries and, and haven't, you know, uh, been a full go in the off season workouts, or maybe they were, but they're still kind of working from behind. So you got to thread the needle there of just pushing these guys as much as you can. You know, obviously you don't want any injuries and that's kind of that one aspect of practice where everyone's just kind of uh, hoping for the best. If you can get through, you know, G day without any serious injuries and then, then that's a huge win, but that, that, I mean, that's football. We talk about Georgia practices and how difficult they're supposed to be. And, and that is, part of the risk of the iron sharpens iron is that you have to push, you know, everyone as far as you kind of physically can to establish just that, that level of physicality. So that's kind of what this coaching staff's trying to do. They're trying to, uh, you know, see what the, the, the limit is for, for a lot of these players. And I think, yeah, I mean, a lot of these linemen out there, probably a lot of hands on the knees, which, you know, I recommend it's, it's uh, a great way to kind of save yourself from, from getting too gassed, but, well, these guys thought they were in shape and they're finding out that maybe, uh, you know, maybe they weren't exactly conditioned the way they thought they were going to be. But, hey, there's a lot of new guys out there, a, a lot of, uh, you know, really, really promising talent added to this roster. And I think, uh, you know, we're going to hear a lot of good things about these guys over the coming weeks. I want to make sure when we talk about those new guys, you know, when we have uh, kids that are committing, you know, sometimes there's like the hat science where you look and like, okay, this looks like the best hat. So this is where they're going to go. I'm going with who I think could really impress just based on what numbers they got. Roderick Robinson is number zero. I think for a running back, that's incredible. And, uh, you know, I, it kind of makes me wonder because Kendall Milton was, uh, he was joking when he talked to us the other day and said, yeah, Roderick's a big guy. I said, man, you got to lose some weight. You're going to be playing fullback. You know, there's a lot of thought that I'm telling you, a fullback at zero, that would make a lot of sense. But I think that's a pretty good number 
uh, for a running back. Um, some of the other guys, Austin Lucky at number seven. Uh, let's see, Tyler Williams, 10. Um, Got to do some of the science with some of these guys. Smoke, Bowie at 31. I think that's a good DB number. And, uh, you know, a few of the other ones, you know, maybe they'll work up. But uh, Pierce Sperlin, two eighty eight. You see those two numbers on there. I mean, that it doesn't take very long watching him to realize that is a gigantic human being. And uh, so those putting my little chips on those guys. We talked about it last week, Kip, that, you know, with the uh, spring breakouts, I already lost one of my top picks with Jalen Walker. So I'm going to hedge some bets with some of these guys just based on what numbers they got. Yeah, I'd like to have – if Roderick could have double zero, I think that'd be pretty great. Uh, I, you know, I don't know what's the what's the difference here uh, between zero and double zero as far as the the legalities of it, but uh, how incredible would that be? And I think uh, he has definitely got to watch. I, I, I think he's going to uh, really open some eyes this spring. I know Del McGee was really excited about getting him uh, when I spoke to him, you know, in, in the last uh, postseason run for Georgia. And uh, I think – you, know, you mentioned uh, Lost and Lucky as well. I think that's already a guy that's uh, impressing early on right now, and I think it should not come as any surprise that maybe Todd Hartley's uh, br- brought in a couple of tight ends who might be able to have an immediate impact. Some, some, a couple of talented guys. We we talked about that duo. It was really tough with that recruiting class to uh, the pinpoint which position we thought had done the best. I think I may have missed an edge. We've talked about that linebacker group. Ad nauseum, I mean, uh, maybe the best three inside linebackers in the country, but, you know, the, those two tight ends, uh, I, I think they're going to play a lot of meaningful downs, if not this year, but definitely over the next couple of seasons because uh, they're really good. And I think Lawson Lucky is a guy that's making a solid first impression for Georgia right now. Yeah, lucky number seven. I'd say that was a, a pretty easy gimme there with that jersey number. Uh, well, we'd be remiss not to talk a little bit about the quarterbacks. You know, got to watch a little bit. And admittedly, I didn't stay and watch a ton of the quarterbacks trying to kind of make my way around, check out those jersey numbers, trying to get a feel for just who I was there, who was available, who wasn't. Um, you know, liked what I saw early from Carson Beck and Brock Vandegrift. Rusty reported on Saturday a lot of buzz about what Brock has been able to do. Um, you know, I think it's no secret at this point. This is going to be a competition that I believe goes on beyond G-Day. Um, you know, we were told last week when Kirby talked to us you know, that Carson and Brock are going to be getting the first team reps. He emphasized that, hey, you know, Gunner could do enough uh, to get in that mix as well to not count him out. Uh, but, you know, I, I think that it's very clearly going to be these two really fighting for this job, the two most experienced quarterbacks on this roster. And, you know, what do you feel like we need to watch for with what we get to see in these upcoming practices? And then how important G-Day will be for Carson, for Brock, really for all three of these guys uh, as we try to decipher who might have an edge and and who could wind up being that starter by the time we get to September? Yeah, I mean, Bobo is going to be not necessarily installing his offense, but, you know, his own terminology in here. So you're, you're want to, you want to see who can, uh, you know, who, who can get on the same page with, with his OC, but also obviously I think uh, who, who develops that chemistry with, with these pass catchers and Brock Bowers is going to be a guy that you're going to want to be able to hit, hit, you know, and hit him in stride. And so I, he's a guy that's probably going to be helping you along, as you try to to you know pick up the offense and run it 
seamlessly, but also just uh, these incoming wide receivers with Dominic Lovett, Ra Ra Thomas. Those are probably weapons that Georgia's going to want to feature this season. And you know, they'll be rotating these guys in, but I, I think you really want to see maybe who has that chemistry when, when they're getting reps in with those guys, because I just think you look at the playmakers that Georgia returns this year and you look at this offense, one that, you know, can score over 40 points a game. They're going to expect Georgia's offense to, you know, the match last season, if not, you know, put up even bigger numbers this year. So I think which quarterback gets on the same page quickly with those guys and the communication level, you know, at the line of scrimmage, can can you get everybody into the right sets without, you know, Bobo having to stop and, and have you run the play over again uh, is going to be key because I think that's going to be the thing here. You got Cedric Van Pran coming back. Uh, that's a, I mean, such a huge deal because he's going to probably tell you, Hey, no, that's the wrong protection or, you know, no, he needs to be, uh, you know, in motion lined up there. Uh, he's probably going to be giving you a cheat sheet as best as he can, but, uh, it's gonna. One of these guys is gonna have to pick up this offense and have a, a good command of it. And that's kind of where Carson comes in with that early edge because I mean he's been running it. He was the backup last year. He's had more reps. So it's 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 up to Brock to see if you know if he can show that he took this offseason seriously and, and he and he went to work and and dove into the playbook himself. Yeah, you know, it's going to be what we watch. And I'm really hoping with today's practice to get a chance to really focus on watching the quarterbacks. You know, while I was out there watching them on Thursday, Carson, they were working with the running backs. Carson Beck was with Kendall Milton. Brock Vandergriff was with Branson Robinson, because I think it's very important to note Dejan Edwards was not out there with the running backs. He was actually in the indoor working with some of the banged up guys. Not necessarily sure what that was, but he was participating. So you hope that that's just something short term. Uh, and then you had Gunnar Stockton with Andrew Paul, who uh, Andrew Paul was out there working, but had a huge brace on his knee, as you would expect coming off that torn ACL. But um, it sounds like, you know, he is going through individual drills. He's not going to do any 11 on 11 and that uh, based on what Kirby Smart told us last week, they feel good about his progress. And, and I think he's a guy that um, is going to get in the mix because we heard really good things about him once uh, fall camp had gotten started last year. Uh, and then I believe it was that second scrimmage he wound up uh, unfortunately tearing his ACL. Yeah, that's kind of when you want to start uh, seeing what you know where Andrew Paul is. I think the patience this spring – in summer is something that you know they are able to to have with him just because of what they have coming back huge deal for Kendall Milton to come back because yeah they they have a couple you know senior guys who they can lean on but also uh you know look and see what they have more in Branson Robinson in year 2 and obviously what what Rod brings to the table you can be patient with Andrew Paul a guy that was yeah pushing to have a role in his first season uh, let's make sure that, you know, we get them back on the on, on the right time schedule. Don't rush it. So I, I would, you know, this spring, it's all about him just getting out there and, and, and starting to get comfortable again. And then over the summer into fall camp, just for any maze, he was making his move last last year. See if he's back to, you know, somewhere close to 100 percent of, of where he was pre-injury last year and see if he can. You know, show those same skill sets that, that had everyone talking about them last fall. Take a quick break, come back, talk about the offensive line, talk a little bit about defense, and talk about what we want to see uh, when we get a chance to watch the dogs again. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, everybody. Well, uh, I think the biggest thing that we haven't talked about offensively is the offensive line, which is tasked with replacing both starting tackles after Broderick Jones and Warren McClendon decided to go pro. What we got to see in that second practice last Thursday, um, you know, it was basically what we expected. I think the only question was sort of which tackle would be lined up where. Uh, First team was Ernest Green at left tackle, followed by Xavier Truss at left guard. Cedric Van Pran at center, Tate Rallage at right guard, Amarius Mims at right tackle. Um, those middle three guys are the guys that started there last year. Uh, and the second team offensive line, uh, left to right, Monroe Freeling, who is the true freshman uh, that is coming in with a whole lot of hype. Micah Morris, Austin Blasky, Dylan Fairchild, Chad Lindbergh. Uh, I, I don't think that first team offensive line surprises us very much. I think there was a question of, does Mims move to left tackle to kind of protect and really shore up that blind side for whoever wins this quarterback battle? Um, but I think it makes a lot of sense with how they got this lined up. You think about last year during the spring, it was Ernest Green working with Amarius Mims, Ernest at left tackle, and Mims at right tackle. Um, I think this is a lineup that makes a lot of sense, but we got to understand that that was one practice, and we very well could see things really mixed up by the time we get to watch the dogs again. Yeah, I think if Georgia was, you know, lining up and playing Tennessee Martin tomorrow, I think Austin Blasky, you know, would be the starting left tackle. I think they they know that that he is ready now uh, to to help them. And again, he's a guy that we've talked about has been kind of that Swiss Army knife. He might be number two at all five offensive line positions heading into season, but right now, I think they they he would be the guy that they would trust to be the left tackle if they're, if they were playing this week. And w- again, with, with green, it's, it's just about getting them, getting them back and getting them ready. And just like I said with Paul earlier, I think, it, you know, it's not something that you need to rush, but it is something that you need to go ahead and see kind of where he is and, and, you know, reinsert him back into that group. And, it, you know, it's all about getting him back into playing shape and, and, and getting him in there and being com- getting competitive snaps out of him right now. But, again, it's a credit to Austin Blasky, a guy that was kind of a late addition uh, in that uh, 2020 recruiting cycle. Didn't get all the press clippings that, you know, when Georgia got Broderick Jones and Tate Rapledge, it was, you know, it's a huge, you know, huge deal, obviously, getting both of those. But uh, Austin Blasky is a guy that came in and has gotten better every day and uh, has made himself – valuable to this coaching staff so he might not ultimately win the left tackle job 
but <laughs> you'd be kidding yourself. He didn't say he's going to play a pivotal role uh, on this offensive line this year. And, and like I said, probably that backup guy, the swing guy at every single position on the offensive line. If he doesn't win the left tackle job, I would not count him out of that uh, battle just yet. No doubt. And I'll say he'll be really important, but also I think Monroe Freeling because you know, there's kind of a lack of tackle depth behind these obvious guys we're talking about. So to have a true freshman, I think you consider the fact that he gets this spring to kind of get his feet under him. And it's not going to be easy. I'm sure in the time we get to watch, you're probably going to hear Stacy Searles riding some of those young guys like Monroe because they're they're learning and uh, they're going through it. Um, but they're going to be super valuable because you think about how physical play is on the offensive line and quite frankly, how uh, consistently we see guys get banged up. You know, they need those guys to be valuable and uh, guys they can count on. And they'll be really interested as we go through spring to ask Kirby about some of those young guys, about Monroe, how far is he coming with his game? Um, Because it may say a lot by the time we get to October, November, you know, they may be counting on guys like him and Austin Blasky to step up and play really significant roles. I think it's similar to the quarterback battle, and it's one that's going to go into the fall camp because it needs to. They need to see as extended a look as they can from these guys uh, at that left tackle position, obviously, is is the one that we're we're going to be keeping the closest eye on. That's where we think this position battle will will be. And I just think, yeah, you mentioned it. I mean, you want to see as much as you can to Monroe Freeling to, to make sure, you know, if he's not ready, because uh, you, you want to know going in, you got a couple games to start the season where you can, you know, maybe try some different looks, but you still, you, you want to know what you have as, as best you can and get the best, you know, in, you know, preseason eval. And so, like I said, if they were playing tomorrow, I think Austin Blasky would be, you'd be the starter. It's not exactly by default. It's just, they, they know the most about what he can do right now. He's had the most reps and he showed them. I mean, he was in again. He was in the mix last season, all last fall. He got reps across the board, and I, I think uh, you know, right now, it, you you got to go with what you know, and that's that's kind of what you know. Kirby Smart's he he's been a guy that's wanted to. It's not necessarily the the safe pick, but it's the one where I know what I would get right now out of him. But at the same time, we we've watched him play true freshman on on the offensive line. We've we've seen him, you know, play true freshman at left tackle with Andrew Thomas. So I think Monroe Freeling they want to get as extended a look as they can from him, and, and maybe he does. He's definitely the wild card there, and it, but it's good to have options, you know, with Broderick Jones and Warren McClendon going to the NFL. Uh, I they're having to replace two very very good players at offensive tackle. So I think while Green's going to be the guy talked about the most, uh, I think you, you have a candidate in Austin Blasky that gives you some, a, a known commodity. And then, you, like I said, you got that wall card and Monroe Freeling. I mean, I think those are those are great options to have as Georgia tries to build, you know, its next offensive line, one that's been arguably the best offensive line in the country the last couple of years. Bounce around the defense uh, very briefly. Uh, defensive line, Michael Williams still looks like a freak. Uh, had a chance to watch a little bit of him. Uh, Jamal Jarrett, I think, shows uh, some real promise. Uh, Trey Scott was really coaching him up. Seemed to like what he was doing as they were going through a few drills. Jordan Hall, just a massive dude. I think he's got a chance to uh, you know, find a role, whatever that is, early on and make an impact. Outside linebacker, super, super young, really behind Chaz Chambliss with Marvin Jones Jr., 
uh, and also Jalen Walker on the mend. Uh, Dare Smith seems to be, you know, a guy we really want to watch because he's super athletic. Um, and uh, to keep an eye on those young guys with uh, Damon Wilson, with Samuel Mpemba, with Gabriel Harris, uh, you know, they're going to hear a lot from Chidera Uzo Deribe, but that's uh, just part of it. Inside linebacker got to see a little bit of, you know, Jamon and Smile and some of those young guys. Sounds like uh, Raylan Wilson and CJ Allen are off to great starts, which really shouldn't surprise you. You know, there was so much hype about Raylan when he committed a former Michigan commit, and you see uh, his athletic ability. I mean, I think he is going to continue what's been a very rich tradition of late when it comes to Georgia and inside linebacker. But C.J. Allen is a freak. I mean, we've written about it, and Kip, you wrote about it after the national title game, him getting the mention from Kirby. You just don't ever see that, so I think that says a ton there. I saw a little A.J. Harris uh, with the defensive backs, with the corners, uh, he's a guy I covered for a little bit in high school. I think he's a guy that in time is going to be really talented. Uh, Smoke Bowie was working with corner. I think he's a guy you watch because they can probably move him around and, uh, you know, try to figure out where these guys fit best. So, you know, I, I think it's a defense that's still at this point in the spring, a work in progress, but a whole lot of promise. And you really would expect nothing less from that, given the talent that's on this roster and just the way they recruit, particularly when it comes to these defenses. Yeah, the, I think the team speed on defense is going to be just really what catches, you know, maybe everyone off guard. Uh, it's just it, it's now this uh, the you know, it's assumed that Georgia is going to have an elite defense. And I think, you know, it, it should be assumed that Georgia is going to have an elite defense, not just with the way they've recruited, but just with the system that Kirby Smart has in place. It's one that's been really successful. Uh when everyone was talking about how, you know, defenses have to, you know, focus on stopping the pass, everyone's adjusting to the spread and Kirby Smart made sure to, you know, adapt, but also to remind people that you're not going to run on Georgia's defense. And so it, the the way that he built the system is no one's going to run on them and then it's going to force them to be one-dimensional. It's going to force them into situations where Georgia – knows what to look for and you can play a lot faster when offenses are not unpredictable so when you make them predictable you're able to kind of ping your ears back and and know your role and not have to react as much and i think when you're able to do that but then also just increase the team speed like especially in that inside the linebacker room uh the guys that they they brought in this class and then again like we said the those edge rushers as well uh, i think you know, if you're able to get into the backfield and 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 find the ball carrier uh, with faster players, then uh, you're not able to. You know, your your DBs are not pressured as much. They're not having to be out there on an island for as long. So I, I just think that this defense is really set up uh, to play at a very high level. And uh, you know, interested to see how they look this spring, and also interested to see if you if you see some you know some new faces out there on the coaching staff. Well, you know, I remember talking to you. Last uh, was at the pro day. That was the one things I asked. When is Georgia gonna, you know, replace these these uh, analysts? And lo and behold, they they did not waste time. I guess Kirby or someone must have had a, a microphone set up in that indoor facility because uh, they made sure to get those hires done 
you know, as soon as the wheat began, uh, maybe uh, maybe I reminded him and Kirby forgot and went ahead and, and made those hires. But uh, just interesting additions that uh, I guess we haven't really talked about as far as Kirby Smart's coaching staff uh, coming. I think what like a day after you, you know, you, you reported uh, everyone got a raise. You get a raise, you get a raise, you get a raise. Pretty, pretty uh, content coaching staff right now in Athens, I would imagine. No doubt about it. And let's uh, talk about that before we wrap up this episode. Georgia hiring Brandon Streeter, who had been at Clemson, was the offensive coordinator during the 2022 season. Uh, Clemson won 11 games. They wound up making a change. And Streeter had been at Clemson a long time, was a quarterback for the Tigers in the 90s. They bring him on as an analyst and then get Daryl Dickey, who has coached forever. I can remember when I was younger, he was a head coach at North Texas. But he's bounced around. He had been at Texas A&M had been Jimbo's offensive coordinator. Obviously, things did not go well during that 2022 season. They make changes. Uh, he is out. And uh, remember, everybody, Bobby Petrino is in as the offensive coordinator. But, you know, I think these are two really good hires. You think about the analyst role. And, you know, I kind of think that, you know, we don't know necessarily what the responsibilities of these guys will be. But like with Mike Bobo, you get a guy in Daryl Dickey who was got a lot of experience as a guy that, has been around and obviously knows football and has had tremendous success in his coaching career. And then Brandon Streeter, it's a little bit uh, like uh, Buster Faulkner, still a young guy, even though you know he has gotten a, a lot more play calling experience at the uh, Power 5 level. Um, I think these are two really strong hires. You want analysts to understand what they're getting into, have had success on their own, but um, you know they've got to – step in and kind of get up to speed with how Georgia's going to run things. And uh, I think that uh, these guys are going to be really helpful as they try, like they did with Todd Munkin, to make this a really collaborative effort. He talked about it so much, and I don't expect to see anything different with these two guys. Yeah, they both bring something different to the table. And, you know, right now with Brandon Streeter, you're getting a guy that recruited at a high level. Uh, You know, uh, I think – Georgia fans should know that, you know, Brandon Streeter played a pivotal role in the recruitment of Trevor Lawrence. And then, you know, also just having Deshaun Watson. So now you have a a coach on your staff alongside Mike Bobo that's able to, you know, talk to the quarterbacks that Georgia's recruiting, you know, whether it's, it's, it's guys in this class and future classes, and you're able to make the pitch like, hey, you know, I connected with these guys and, and got them, you know, on board and to play at a high level of my program. That, that's just a huge addition to, to Kirby Smart. And I know that, you know, Kirby hasn't doesn't need a, a whole lot of help recruiting. But I, I think at the quarterback position, it's you, you, you take everything you can get in that position. And it's definitely one that's, you know, the competition right now, especially in the, you know, NIL era is is it's just intense it's at a different level so maybe you get a guy like dylan riola on campus and you're able to tell him like hey you know uh not only does do we have the history here with mike bobo but we also have a guy here who's brought in two of the most prolific quarterbacks to play in the state of the georgia the last decade and uh guys who've gone on to you know tremendous success the next level and so that connection you know, you don't want to overlook that. And then with 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 uh, Dickey, uh, that's another eye in the sky. That guy is, you know, forgotten more football than you know I'll, I'll ever know. But at the same time, like just having 
what, over 30, 40 years of college football coaching experience in multiple offensive systems. He's seen it all West Coast. He's, you know, he's seen the air raid. Uh, he has definitely had a huge influence on multiple uh, highly successful coaches coaches in college football and then also he's just got an eye for talent so at the same time you have a, a addition to your coaching staff brandon streeter who's going to help out in recruiting and now you have a guy who's just an incredible evaluation tool for you so it's going to take a load off of mike bobo uh, shoulders as well uh with him coming in with the the expectations uh to improve upon the second most prolific offense in, in Georgia history, the rare offensive coordinator who comes in having had the most prolific offense in Georgia history, but also with a lot of question marks. I, I think, that, you know, Mike Bobo is probably, you know, he's doing fist pumps knowing that, you know, he's got some guys in his corner that can help him with specific tasks. He knows he can trust these guys uh, to help him evaluate and recruit the position. He can focus on making this offense the best it could possibly be. Quick Georgia men's basketball minute. We were a little bit late recording this podcast because Cario Oquendo announced he is entering the 2023 NBA draft. Uh, he has also said that he is entering the transfer portal in the event. He does not get the grade that he wants. He is likely uh, going into the portal and probably not coming back to Georgia. His news and his announcement come a day after Terry Roberts, the point guard, announced he is declaring for the draft. Uh, not a surprise about other, either of these two. The writing was on the wall when it came to them leaving Georgia, whether that was both going in the portal or perhaps pursuing an, a, a professional career. Um, you know, the Georgia's got to remake their backcourt. Um, they've got Justin Hill at point guard. I think if they had to, that they could roll with him as a starting point guard. But I think they are going to be very busy in this transfer portal, and they have to be um, just with what they've lost. They've had, I believe, four guys who – have moved on because they had exhausted their eligibility um, and uh, were ready to uh, move on and, and no longer play with the Bulldogs. So it should be a really busy off season, And uh, I think there's a lot of pressure and a lot to get done when it comes to Mike White and the staff because lost a lot of talent off of this last roster and uh, have to find a way to refill it before the 2023-24 season gets here. Yeah, not just uh, refill it. You you got to find a way to improve this roster. You you got to get a big. You, you know they got beat down on the boards pretty bad. Really cost them late in games. They weren't able to get close. You know close out uh, some some close ones that you know may have gotten them into the some postseason basketball. A couple a couple games there like Georgia Tech and uh, you know Ole Miss games that you know kind of broke down for them. And, and so heading into year two. You accomplished kind of what we thought you were going to do. You know, definitely took you took over roster, had six wins, got on the 16, and now uh, now you got to try to start thinking about making this team competitive for a tournament run. And and you know which tournament that is, don't know, but you got to got to make strides there. You got to go in the right direction. And with all the turnover, it's not going to be easy. So uh, he's going to have to navigate that and show that. Uh, you know, what he did last year with the guys they got through the transfer portal was pretty impressive. Got some guys that were able to really help out this team. And now you kind of kind of take that step, next step, and and avoid uh, losing that momentum that you built up. So, uh, I'll, you know, I'll be watching. Uh, you've made this basketball minute one that, uh, you know, I I caught myself actually wanting to hear what you had to say. And, and right there, that's a huge improvement for Georgia basketball. But 
it's too uh, too big of a program for for that to be the ceiling. You know, they got to kind of push through there and see if they can get you know get competitive in a conference that is you know consistently sending eight nine teams to the NCAA tournament. Why not Georgia? One uh, step one was make them care, and at this point, step two is make them stay. So we're going to have to see if they're able to do that. We're going to follow that, and we're also going to follow all spring football. So be on the lookout uh, for stories throughout this week and the coming weeks as we're able to, to watch practice, to interview players, interview Kirby Smart as we get closer and closer to G-Day. But we're going to wrap up this episode. I appreciate Kip popping on. appreciate everybody who listened to this and watched this live or who is checking this out after the fact. We really appreciate y'all's support because we could not do it without you. But we're going to wrap it up there and get back to work, Kip. A lot to be done. There's no doubt about that. But uh, for Kip Adams, I'm Jordan Hill. And until next time, everybody, take care. Praise the Lord.